0: Fiber-rich foods or prebiotics are the number one gut-healthy thing you're not eating enough of. According to the USDA, more than 90% of women and 97% of men do not meet their recommended intakes for dietary fiber. SuperGut makes getting this essential nutrient back into your diet easy and delicious with award-winning foods that are clinically proven to boost gut health and all that comes with it. Go to SuperGut.com and use code Ethan to save 20% on your first order. That's S-U-P-E-R-G-U-T dot com, code Ethan, to save 20% on your first order. Hello, and welcome to Cover Your Eyes Podcast. Today we're talking about the movie Working Girl from 1988, starring Melanie Griffith and Sigourney Weaver and Harrison Ford. Um, I'm Sarah Devereaux, Hello. And with me as always is Holly Oliver.
1: Hello, Sarah.
0: <laughs> Hello. I like this movie like more than I thought I would like it. I was really into it. <laughs> when did you see it? First? I mean, I just remember it when it came out. I know my parents watched it, but I don't think I like paid much attention. Um, it wasn't one that I like sat down and fully watched, I don't think.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I mainly just remember the high points, you know, that everyone knows and that, like, everyone in the world was talking about Melanie Griffith at this time. It was like she was America's sweetheart. And it was like, Melanie Griffith, this, that, that. And everyone loved her. And everyone just raved about this movie. And I was like, what's going on? What's all this about? (laughs) (laughs) And as a kid, I was like, whatever. But now watching it again, I was just like, I really like this. I was glad that we picked it. Um, And I feel like it's a nice carryover from The Secret of My Success, because it's basically like a really similar story, but with a woman. Well, I saw everything that Harrison
1: Ford was in, because my mom was like, would watch Harrison Ford in anything. She's really into Harrison Ford. She (laughs) was one of the secretaries that like stopped what they were doing. To watch him walk by,
2: mm-hmm. for sure
1: <laughs> um, so I definitely saw this when I was a kid, and I loved it because I love I loved Sigourney Weaver. I saw alien like I feel like I saw that at the movie theater, Ooh. which is really fucked up. <laughs> yeah. I'm pretty sure I was like four. I feel like I have a memory of it and I really like Sigourney Weaver and I associated her with Aunt Pishy. Oh, why? I I think maybe Aunt Pishy liked her and like I saw a lot of movies. Like if I watched a Sigourney Weaver movie, it was with my aunt. I didn't really grasp the movie when I was a kid. I just knew I liked watching Melanie Griffith and... Sigourney Weaver. Harrison Ford didn't really care about it at all. Mm-hmm. Kind of didn't really understand what the hubbub was about. But I did appreciate a man being treated as a sex symbol. And then I guess I saw this movie like five years ago or something. Oh, Just okay. I watched it randomly on my own. And I thought, wow, this is a really good movie. It's interesting. I guess like up top. Do you want to do the summary?
0: Working Girl is Melanie Griffith, Tess McGill. She is a secretary in a big office building where they do lots of corporate-y stuff and looks like stock markety stuff at the beginning. And you see her with her friend, Joan Cusack, who's playing Sin, something like that. And they have the typical like, Jersey girl kind of look, but they're coming over on the Staten Island ferry. They've got the big hair, the big makeup, the big jewelry. It's so great. <laughs> and they've got their um, scrunchy socks and white tennis shoes that they wear to work and then change into their high heels when they get there. So she is not like the rest of her friends who are just happy to be secretary. She wants more. She's going to night school. She wants to work in the business. And she's always giving advice to her bosses, but no one's giving her a chance because she's a woman. She didn't go to Harvard and all that stuff. So finally, she gets an opportunity to kind of fake it till she makes it similar to um, the secret of my success. And she takes the opportunity to show her smarts and her skills. And she has to be like a little bit dishonest in the meantime, but it's because someone was dishonest to her she has to take the chance when she gets it and then she does and it all works out there's some rough spots but it all works out she gets a promotion she gets the man she gets the recognition she deserves that's she a gets great an office yeah, with a window she, and her yeah. own secretary
1: who prefers to be called an assistant
0: oh sorry <laughs> 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 that's true <laughs> Yes.
1: <laughs> At the beginning of the movie, the lobby that Tess goes into to go to work is the World
0: Trade Center. It is. Lobby. Uh-huh. Oh my god, I didn't yeah. realize. But now that makes sense if I'm picturing it. <gasps> Can I just tell you mm-hmm. um the beginning of this movie, it's got the Carly Simon song. I remember that song was, like, super popular then. And it's very good still. It's been <laughs> stuck in my head for, like, days now. <laughs> and um, that music's playing. It's very moving. And then it just shows, like, the Staten Island ferry coming over and the Statue of Liberty and the New York landscape, which we've all seen, like, a million times. I mean we all have seen it but there's something about this opening scene that really like pulled me in and made me feel like excited about it Mm -hmm. and feeling that like excitement of new york because i love new york um and i just think this opening scene was like really well done and with the music along with it it just like built up your energy Mm -hmm. and you felt pumped like you could feel what tess was feeling when she was going into the city and like that hunger to succeed and the excitement to be in like one of the biggest, most exciting cities in the world. But then when they were panning, like, the buildings, then I was like, oh, God, it's coming. And then I knew, like, the Trade Center would be coming. And I felt, like, emotional when they showed mm-hmm. it, which I didn't expect to as much, but I felt, like, super emotional. I'm kind of getting emotional now talking yeah. about it.
1: Well, what happened is that you saw the Statue of Liberty. You're coming over on a boat. Tess is... Really, sort of an alien. I mean, she even has to take a language class to re relearn how to speak proper <laughs> right. English.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And I'm not saying it's proper, but right. it's implied, quote unquote, proper. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I like their accents.
0: I do too.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, but so she's coming over. You're coming with her. You feel the excitement of a new day, the potential to make yourself in your own image. And then you have the reminder, your patriotism, your authentic patriotism and belief in your right as a sovereign being (laughs) is high in that moment of that scene. And then boom, the World Trade Center And it's like after that happened, people quit believing in democracy in this country because they got really scared. Mm -hmm. And when people get really scared, they have a hard time making decisions for themselves and they turn to fascism.
0: Yeah. It made me just like remember the day and like remember where I was and watching the news and all of that. And I just felt like, oh, feeling it all over Mm -hmm. again obviously i didn't like know anyone that was there or anything like that but just the general feeling that everyone had of the horror and feeling so sorry for everyone that was there yeah yeah i didn't realize that that was the lobby of the building she was going into Mm -hmm. oh my gosh anyway so the opening scene i really liked it it got me jazzed yeah (laughs) that doesn't normally happen (laughs)
1: No, it's great. It's a great scene. Whenever she's in her beep beep computer stocks and blondes job at the beginning, she's got these like yuppie bros.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> and they are just so unsure of what to do with this woman because she's incredibly sexy she's incredibly smart and she's really sweet <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> and she's like in the pits of wall street stock trading getting sexually harassed by none other than oh god <laughs> bob the bastard pig boy <laughs> That's what I wrote down as his name. Uh, We also know him as, uh, what's his name again? Kevin Spacey. Kevin Spacey. Yeah. Porno in the limo, Mm -hmm. trying to get her, you know, going, right? And it's Mm -hmm. like, oh, let's go to my hotel. We can have a meeting about a job.
0: You know that happened to her on a regular basis. (laughs) and. We know because she said, um, so one of her quote unquote bosses that are the two dudes she sits right by was um, like, oh, well, she was just saying to them, like, they told her that she got turned down for the entree program, which is, I guess, like they would take a someone and train them to become an executive, mm-hmm. but they keep turning her down because she doesn't have a degree from Harvard or Wharton. She just has like night school degree. And so they're like. He's like, I know you're hungry, Tess. I'm always looking out for you. And I, there's a guy down in arbitrage that's looking for someone. So I'm going to refer you to him. And she's like, it's not going to be like the other ones, is it? And he's like, no, this is serious. And then, of course, it's what you describe. It's Kevin Spacey. He has her in a limo. And then he's trying to give her cocaine and champagne, the classic combo <laughs> of the 80s. Right. And then she's like, mm, no, I just want a business meeting. And then he's like oh, well, we've got these training videos I can show you now on the way. And she's like, okay, that'd be great. And then it's the porno that he described.
1: Training video.
0: (laughs) I guess it is training for what he wanted her to do. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. And then she's just like, all right, pull over. And then she gets out, like, in the middle of the highway on a rainy, shitty day. But she'd rather be anywhere than there. So... She, like, walks back from there getting sprayed with mud and things by the passing cars. And she's just like, well, this is what it's like for an attractive woman in the 80s corporate world, I guess. Mm -hmm. You're just going to get harassed all over the place.
1: You're going to get harassed by
0: cokeheads. On the regular. So, oh, yeah. And so then after he does that to her, (laughs) then she goes back and to work and she somehow has, has control of what goes on to like the ticker thing that shows all the stocks and so she typed whatever david lutz is a sleazy pimp with a tiny dick or something yeah to get rid of. david revenge. lutz like, has a tiny dick everyone on the whole floor <laughs> sees it and starts laughing at him. <laughs> that was so good <laughs> and then she walks
1: out yeah and you know what that scenario in the limo if she had stayed in the limo, maybe she gave him the benefit of the doubt. Or she was just so, like, just wanted the fucking job. And so it was, like, kept going along, hoping that it mm-hmm. was real. And then, God forbid, she had been sexually assaulted. Then it would have all been on her of, why did you get in a limo with this guy? Right. What did you think was going to happen? And that's just the first time that she's in a situation where you can see, okay, in this case, in this movie, she doesn't get sexually assaulted, but she could have. And it's like, if you watch for people who were like, why was she in that situation? Why'd she put herself in that situation? It's like, well, you can watch this movie and see how it happens honestly, Mm -hmm. If you really need to judge it, (laughs) if you really want to ask that question instead of asking why someone was sexually assaulting (laughs) another human being,
2: Mm
1: -hmm. (laughs) Um, if you want to constantly focus on the victim's behavior, then you can watch working girl and say, well, this is how that happens. Yeah. Even though it doesn't actually happen to her in the movie Mm -hmm. because the second Part of that is whenever she goes to present to Jack Trainer her idea, which is a big idea, and it's a good idea, and it's an idea that her boss, Sigourney Weaver's Catherine, decides to steal out from under her. And she's, like, dressed up, looking beautiful. Her friend gave her some pills. She didn't realize the effect they were going to have, and then Jack... And her have a couple shots. And she had, like, kind of forgotten that she took those pills. Because she was very anxious getting ready to go to this party. Her friend hands her some pills. So you get handed some pills. You take them, you're nervous. You're not nervous anymore, you know, at some point. Because they kick in. Feeling pretty good. You meet a really attractive guy. You're really attracted to him. You guys have a couple friendly shots. Normally, a couple shots wouldn't have even done anything. Would have been totally fine. She hangs out at bars, you know. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. But then then she realized, oh, my God, I had those pills. And by that point, it's too late. And she's, like, basically passed out. And this guy who she just met is taking her home, thrown over
0: his shoulder.
2: Mm Mm-hmm
0: we've all been there
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah and it's like let's just hope the guy who threw you over his shoulder isn't a very inadequate feeling small boy in a man's body who feels the need to lash out at women you know With sexual assault.
0: Yeah, I was getting nervous, I have to say. I was like, I think this will be okay. I don't think they would have Harrison Ford do anything bad. (laughs) But I was still like, I don't know. How's this going to go? I was nervous as well. Okay. Because
1: so after he sits her up in the chair when they get into his apartment and she's just like really passed out. Um, her st- her skirt kind of comes up a little bit, and he like pushes it down and
0: mm-hmm. like
1: pats it to her leg, like, "Okay, you're really passed out." Um, and then he, but then he says like, "Oh, you're so beautiful," or whatever. And I kind of mm-hmm. went like, uh, "Oh no, <laughs> I know. oh no!" And then she wakes up and in bed with him, and she's in her under things, and sleeping next to him and she thinks something happened and she gets up and leaves and then of course he's jack trainer who she's meeting with and they're like oh boy we're doing Mm -hmm. business together (laughs) and then he's like oh no it's okay I just took your dress off and put you in bed. It was a $14,000 in today's money dress. Oh, god. <laughs> oh, nice.
0: <laughs> yes, it was $6,000 in the movie. $14,000. Yes. That's um, what made her so nervous that she had to take the benzo because yeah. she was wearing a $14,000 dress. Yeah, exactly. It's like do not spill anything on this dress. <laughs> wow but i but i was i was frightened
1: that they did do something and that it was just going to be played off like well what'd you expect
2: Mm -hmm.
1: i'm not a bad guy and i was like no that wouldn't be would it but then i but like i've had experiences like that before i was like did they just think that was okay to do in this movie like So I'm glad that it wasn't and that he didn't do anything. But there again, if you've ever asked the question, what was she doing in his apartment? Passed out. This is how it happens innocently. I guess that was sort of like the thing that stood out as the overall like theme (laughs) or like something that I picked up this and then the other thing, I was comparing it a little bit to the secret of my success. And I was thinking about how there is a difference in the secret of my success. there's a there's an emphasis on saving jobs and like creating community and support. For the people who have built you up by being your employees and like saving that. (laughs) And it's like these Midwestern values come to the big city and then people are rewarded for that. But in Working Girl, the only intention is her idea of making this guy money,
0: as Mm -hmm. much money
1: as possible so that she can get ahead, which is what it is. I just it was it was one thing where I was like, well that's a that's a very different message of getting ahead to get ahead and helping people along the way. But also because she's a woman, she doesn't fucking have time to help everybody along the way because every fucking dick who's smoking coke in the limo Is trying to grab her ass in the hallway.
0: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So it's like she is the little person that's being helped already. She and all the girls in the secretary pool, like, it's for them. Mm
2: -hmm. She's representing
0: them, elevating them as a group. So that's her thing. When she gets her office with a window,
1: she's like, tells her assistant, hey, I can get my own coffee. Bring me coffee if you're bringing yourself some, but otherwise, I know where it's at. Like,
2: Mm -hmm.
1: we're not going to do that. Extra status control stuff. Like these markers that people have set in place so that the underling understands that they can't step out of the place that's been set by the employer Much like when Catherine, Tessa's new boss, makes her serve sweaty dim sum Mm -hmm. at the party, when she does not need to be doing that at all. You're right. They could have hired someone, like, from the catering company to do that. Catherine's making her do it because she's threatened because she's already had ideas. First, she had the dim sum idea. Mm Mm-hmm. It's like every time you bring a good idea to Catherine, Catherine's going to smile and tell you that she's helping you and that this is a two-way street, but meanwhile, she's going to be stealing your ideas and making sure you do some menial task that puts you back in your
0: place. It's true. Yeah, she's pushing around that dim sum cart. She's just getting steamed the whole time. And like her bangs are falling and her makeup's running down her face. It's so funny. Someone else could have done that. Or they could have just had a cart stationary and people could have walked up to it and got it themselves. It's a steaming hot cart. She's like do you think that's enough times around Catherine? And <laughs> Catherine's like, no, I think you should go another round. Make sure everybody gets them. Um, I would help you, but yeah. I don't want to. Uh, <laughs> yeah. It's like, <laughs> I'm glad you brought that up. Cause it's so obvious. Yeah, she didn't need to be doing it. <laughs> it's a great scene though. And then meanwhile, Catherine just standing there in like this beautiful, elegant red, Gown, you know, working the room because it's her welcome party to the to the scene because she's just transferred in from Boston. So after mm-hmm. Tess gets fired for calling her other boss like a tiny dick pimp, then she goes to Olympia Dukakis, who is awesome. who's yes. she's like the staffing woman, and she's just like Tess. I can't keep doing this. Like you can't keep getting fired. <laughs> this is gonna be the last time. And then she finds the job with uh, Sigourney Weaver, Catherine. And it's like, oh, that's going to be different this time because it's a woman. Like, finally, yeah. she's going to get the recognition, the opportunity, and we get kind of drawn into that hope like she does. And then, like you said, it turns out not to be true. And she gets backstabbed by her, like, right away. Catherine yeah. steals her idea, her big idea.
1: One of my favorite things, I feel like this just says everything about Catherine. She's talking about how she's going away on this ski trip with her boyfriend.
2: Uh-huh.
1: And she's pretty sure that he's going to pop the question. And she's like everything's in place. I've indicated I'm receptive to the <laughs> offer. After all, I'm me. Mm-hmm. It's like, what? I know. <laughs> Like, could you imagine if somebody – if, like, you were talking to somebody and they said that? Like, how do you respond? I mean, I guess I would sort of think they were joking.
0: I would hope they were joking. (laughs) (laughs) And then if I realized they weren't, I would just quickly disassociate myself with them as soon as possible because they're scary.
1: Yeah. It's like they just – dumped red paint on you like, mm-hmm. <laughs> there's no question i mean <laughs> and yeah. of course her boyfriend stands her up on the ski trip and then whenever she's on the ski trip you see her like going down the slope and all <laughs> i could think of was that commercial from the 80s that was like ria on ice ria on ice because
0: i oh and like, then they fears. like do a ski jump at the end
1: yeah I I started singing that when, when that scene <laughs> happened. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> yeah, she looks great. She's in <laughs> like this amazing red ski suit and red ski boots. Like red is Kathy's signature color, apparently. Mm-hmm. She had just given the speech to uh Tess before she left. Like, if you want something in life, you have to go after it. You can't just wait for it. Watch me, watch what I do, learn from me. And then she like they show her. <laughs> Like next thing they show her on the ski slopes, like, killing it, and then all of a sudden she's like, Whoa, Just goes off a cliff. <laughs> oh, God. It's so funny.
1: Uh, the other thing that I loved with Catherine's character is after she breaks her leg and Tess basically gets access to her parents' house that Catherine's living at, because her parents have multiple homes,
0: Mm-hmm. And of course.
1: She's got yours
0: don't oh. Are you poor?
1: <laughs>
0: oh, are you poor?
2: <laughs> oh.
0: Oh
1: <my> God. <laughs> um she's got the Andy Warhol portrait silk screens. Of
2: herself.
1: <laughs> of herself. I love oh, whenever God. those portraits are in a movie. Because it, it's always like, it indicates a particular status in the 80s if you have
0: one of those. Oh, definitely.
1: You know who else has one, which I don't think is authentic? Who? Kelly from Beverly Hills 90210.
0: Oh. <laughs> Yeah, it's probably not authentic. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> yeah, that's like another example of um, completely overstepping the bounds of what should be Tess's duties. It's like she's your secretary or assistant. She's not your like personal assistant for everything in life. And mm-hmm. she shouldn't be responsible for watering your plants, and getting your mail, you know. Yeah. But she just assumes that she will be. And of course, Tess does it because what choice does she have? She's already been fired like three times. She has to do what she's asked to keep her job.
1: Well, and the other thing is, would you rather have would you rather work for a yuppie bro that sets you up with a coquetted pussy grabber <laughs> Oh God! or a woman who steals your ideas and makes you serve dim sum at a party? hmm. That's a tough
0: choice. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> there were no great options for her. Mm-mm. What would you choose?
1: Oh, I'm absolutely going for the pussy grabber. <laughs> Duh. No, I'm <laughs> kidding. I'm totally going for <laughs> serving dim sum.
0: hmm. It's like. Either way, she just can't get ahead. You know? And if Catherine hadn't broken her leg, she maybe still would never have gotten ahead.
2: Mm. So
0: it was a lucky break for her. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry. (laughs) I loved it. That gave her the opportunity and she took it.
1: Oh, I reminded me whenever so this whole deal that she puts in place with Jack Trainer for the Titans of Industry <laughs> when I was a kid so I didn't understand any of that stuff and there's like a big portion of the movie where they're actually kind of go into some detail a little bit more detail about like what they're doing
2: mm-hmm.
1: and so the closer I get to Wall Street the more narcolepsy I have <laughs> so it was a struggle and I'm I don't think I'm like an idiot
0: you have to be drawn to that that's like I am repelled by that I've never felt any interest in business or finance or anything like that Mm -hmm. a certain type of personality and mindset and I don't have that either so yeah I'm not interested in any of the things they were actually talking about <laughs> right
1: yeah. it's like
0: a big deal
1: was made and she made a lot of money for a guy
0: who already had a lot of money exactly
1: <laughs> and it got her ahead it got her her own she played the boys game and she beat them
0: yeah exactly now she's in so she can start making changes mhm like she said you know because at at one point, Catherine finds out that Tess found out that she was stealing her idea. And like, Tess is just about to make the big deal. And then Catherine barges in on her crutches and is like, this woman stole my idea. She's just my secretary. And they're like, what? And then because she admits, yeah, I am her secretary. Then they're like, oh, well, we don't believe you now. We do think you stole the idea. Mm -hmm. And it's like, there's really nothing she can do at that point. No one's going to believe her. Mm -hmm. So she just leaves. Mm -hmm. But later it comes out and she just says like, you know, it's easy to bend the rules when you're already at the top. But I had to bend the rules to get to the top. Yeah. And that's what she did when she's doing her whole thing. She's pretending to be like an executive. She's using Catherine's office while Catherine's gone. And she's like pretending to be her own assistant answering the phone. She does this like exaggerated voice and then puts herself on the phone and uses her new business accent instead mm-hmm. of her Staten Island accent. And then her friend, Sin, is like, kind of getting on her case. Like, what are you doing? Like, This is all going to blow up in your face and you shouldn't be doing this. I felt like she wasn't being as supportive as I you're, would hope.
1: You're moving beyond your station in life. Mm-hmm. You've got... Like, Sin can only see... To her back, her fenced in backyard, and that's it. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and if you go beyond that, it's okay to be a secretary because you got to make some money while your husband or your boyfriend is getting himself established. After mm-hmm. that, like, Sin's probably going to have a kid, she'll do like the family thing. Sin's very old-fashioned, you know. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that if you're, like, really into it at all. Mm-hmm. But, you know, you don't have to, like, guilt people <laughs> for not yeah. sharing your dream. And that's what Sin is doing. Yes. She also, which I admire more than words can say, she matches her makeup to her earrings.
0: <laughs> That's and an art.
1: It's often very brightly colored.
0: Oh, yes. Um, many colors. Very thick, very bright.
1: And the more displeased she is with Tess and the more like aggressively... You need to get back into your place. You're going to get in trouble. Like, the brighter her makeup is. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I liked That's it. That's funny.
1: I liked where they went with her uh, costume and makeup choices of how it like matched her moods. That whenever she's like in the office, she's got more battle paint on. Like The makeup is her, is Sen's armor. She doesn't want to be there. Like, I I feel like there's a, the sin is like better suited to be a homemaker and she's getting married. We haven't even talked about Alec Baldwin's character yet. (laughs) I know. And that's like a good segue with sin. uh, As far as like not backing up your friend, sin is an enabler to the people who tell women like Tess don't get out of place. You're making everyone uncomfortable. You're too fucking bright and shiny, and it makes everyone uncomfortable. Stop it.
0: Do you feel like I started to wonder, like, maybe Sin just also felt threatened that her friend is leaving her behind for a whole other world, and that mm-hmm. made her just kind of lash out and act in a negative way. Yeah. Just out of like fear and jealousy and being abandoned.
2: Mm-hmm, because definitely. it's
0: like they have their own little world together. They ride the ferry together. Mm-hmm. They go to the same bar. They have the same friends, the same boyfriends. And it's like she doesn't want Tess to leave her world. Totally. And she just got engaged. She's going to be getting married. So she's like in it.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: She's solidified in this world. And Tess is like floating away. And yeah. She doesn't want to see her go, so yeah. she tries to just like ground her down and keep her with her boyfriend. Who, yes, let's talk about him.
1: Yeah, it's time.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay, so it's Alec Baldwin as a as a baby. <laughs> what he's like twenty five or
0: so. Oh my god! I I was like, that's Alec Baldwin, <laughs> so skinny and just like. His hair, it almost looks like like a Mr. Potato Head <laughs> hair that you just like stick oh, on. It's like so oh thick and okay. sculpted. I was like, God. Um
1: He, t- he totally has Mr. Potato Head <laughs> hair in this movie. Yeah.
0: They're like so you see, like in the very beginning, Tess is celebrating her birthday and she's turning 30. Mm-hmm. So like a woman in 1988 turning 30, it's like, well, pff, you're basically almost dead. So you better hurry up and do something. Wah, wah. Yeah. You better freaking get a baby in that womb, get a ring on that finger, get a house, and like lock your shit down, you know, because mm-hmm. you're 30 mm-hmm. and you're expiring soon. Yes. And so for Tess to like be taking on these new adventures at this Late stage in her life. <laughs> that makes it like extra bold that she's trying to change things, you know, to change yeah. it up.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, oh, that's a good point because, like, whenever she meets Catherine, Catherine is 29. Yeah. So her boss is a year younger and Catherine's already like an executive. So that just goes into contrast, like how far behind
0: Tess is in her career. Yeah. Exactly. So, yeah, her boyfriend. Mm. It's the young Alec Baldwin. I've got to say, I really had a thing for William Baldwin. I remember. Backdraft. Yeah. Yeah. And I forget about it until I saw this and I was like, Ooh, he looks more like William there, and but I still didn't really find him cute. He's too. There's something about him, right?
1: The only time I've ever been like where I was like, "Ooh, Alec Baldwin is in Beetlejuice." <laughs>
0: yeah,
1: <laughs> but it's the glasses.
0: Mm-hmm. He and looks also better he's, when he's older and like softer looking a little i don't know
1: yeah he's like um well also he's playing a terrible person in this movie yeah like he's just really awful but yeah
0: he's good for that
1: yeah but i'm used to him as jack on 30 rock
0: <laughs> that's what i think of yeah uh, definitely so,
1: <laughs> so it took me a minute to like reorient but then i just forgot about it because he's he's good at what he does and he is. <laughs> so he's like a really good example of somebody to run away from <laughs> in a relationship. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just like immediately go. So like if you watch this movie, basically if you're dating anybody who does anything that Mick does, just break up with them. <laughs> Save yourself. <laughs> A lot of time and energy. Because this guy is like so in need of attention from women at all times. Like, that's his only point of worthiness, it feels like. And I actually think he does love Tess. Mm -hmm. And I also think that even though he's having sex with her friend on their bed when she walks in he really does just like need that he needs attention that's actually like sad and pathetic and i'm not excusing it but but it is a real thing that happens Mm
2: -hmm. and it's
1: not just because a person is a jerk it's like really because they feel like they aren't worthy of Of love, unless they're being like given sexual attention. I know
0: someone like this. Mm. Are you talking about me? (laughs) That's it. (laughs) Yes, time for the intervention. No, I know someone else like this too. Yeah, I think he could really love her. But it doesn't matter because he doesn't really show her any respect or interest in her life. So it's like, fine, you love me. But mm. what does that mean if you're not, like, demonstrating it in any meaningful way to me? You have, well, like, you don't care about my career.
1: I'm not excusing anything he's doing. No, no, no. Um, Like I said... Everything he does has the makings of as soon as he gets married, he's having a bad day. He's going to be smacking his wife around when he gets home. That was crystal clear to me.
0: I was afraid he was going to smack her in this movie.
1: And Sin, her friend, has been around that
0: style of masculinity
1: her whole life. So she, she just knows to, like, excuse it and to go well you just need to understand him he's doing it because of this reason yeah it's like the thing is though like that's not on you to fix
2: Mm-mm.
1: <laughs> that's on that's like that's for you to go okay well to make sure like what that i look at when i'm attracted to somebody like am i attracted generally to people who need a lot of sexual attention from everybody and if that's the case, why? Or is it just an anomaly?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: What else is interesting, though, is that she also is attracted to Jack Trainer, who has women basically just like dropping their drawers as soon as he <laughs> walks by through the whole movie. Yeah. <laughs> And but see, he is respectful of her.
0: Very. It's he, completely different. Yeah,
1: he treats her like a human being. Mm-hmm. He does. So you're getting an example of like what a terrible relationship looks like and what like a a respectful
0: mutual relationship looks like. So it's beautiful. Their relationship's great. It's kind of like it starts when they're working on this project together. I mean, for him it started sooner because he already knew that he like was into her. And she thought that they had already slept together, but they didn't. And then once they realized that, you know, he brings her a briefcase because she showed up to their big meeting with just like this folder.
2: Mm-hmm. And
0: that day he brings her a briefcase and she's like, "What's this for?" and he's like, I thought you'd need a proper briefcase if we're gonna work on this deal. And she's like, oh. so he like liked her idea. He brought her a gift, but as opposed to the lingerie, which is the only thing her other boyfriend always gives her, he brought her like a respectful gift that she can take out of the house and take through the corporate world. Totally. Those were good juxtaposition gifts. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Definitely. And okay, I have a theory on mix lingerie giving habits because he not only <laughs> only ever gives his girlfriend lingerie but he also only gives his friend's fiancé slash <laughs> new wife lingerie because he gives sin lingerie too for their mm-hmm. wedding gift and I think that Jack is stripping the stripping stripping uh, stupin'. 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 Mm-hmm. I think Jack is stripping the lingerie sales you mean clerk. mick <laughs> sorry i think <laughs> jack not jack from 30 rock although i won't put it past him either mm-hmm. um i think he's i think he's going with whoever selling the lingerie yeah and getting a discount
0: Mm-hmm. i bet you're right
1: because she's kinky
0: mm-hmm. so she models like- it for him and no new, way. so he gets a discount and then he <laughs> gives it to
1: her and Ew. he knows and he also just like told and she totally knows like mm-hmm. what he's doing with the lingerie
0: i like the backstory i think you're right thanks it was like um garter belts left and right so everywhere nasty. garter belts garters 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 i was like Thinking of getting one actually this year for Valentine's Day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then I saw this movie and I'm like, God, maybe I will. It's just a <laughs> nice throwback, you know? Right. They're literally, she's always wearing one. I'm like, is that a thing? Did people wear them to like work and everything too? I don't know. To hold up their thigh highs under their skirts? I felt like,
1: okay, here was my impression maybe i'm wrong but i thought that it was a it was an indicator to working ladies who had to dress like a man on the outside to have something sexy and feminine on the inside mhm okay and so i i feel like that was like a 80s thing in particular because well, first there was well, and then also there was kind of a mild '50s revival fashion-wise in the '80s. Okay, uh, that was highly mutated, so that also could be part of that. But I think it had I think it had to do with kind of marketing. Like, sure, you have to wear that that lady suit to the office, but you can still be a real woman mm-hmm underneath it all well i kind of like that yeah no um, i mean i am clearly very orient very femininely yes in my presentation and that's mm-hmm. where i'm very comfortable um i would probably be one of those people that kept myself grounded that way if i had to be in some kind of field where i literally had to like act like a man
2: yeah which
1: would be very against what my actual nature is and it's also very against tessa's nature because tessa is extremely feminine mm-hmm. um so it makes sense that they would put her in all of that lingerie
0: yeah as well yeah you're right I like it.
1: Aside from it like looking hot. That too. Oh. <laughs> yeah.
0: She has a head for business and a bad for sin. <laughs> that's like the main thing that I remember from the movie of course. I'm sure that's what like most people remember.
1: I remember that too. <laughs> okay did you see the Ricky Lake sighting?
0: Yes! <laughs> the bridesmaid. <laughs> Yes, definitely. That was cute. I like her,
1: so Jack and Tess crash a wedding. Mm-hmm. And Jack gives a big speech about it with mayonnaise on his face. And yeah, I just thought this is why women go gaga for this guy. Why? He is being extremely humble Mm
0: -hmm.
1: and quiet while he's explaining himself. He has this, like, boyishness, which is emphasized by how he's not eating neatly because he has, like, a dot of mayonnaise on his chin. It's a polite dot. Mm -hmm. And he has this, like, sheepishness about him. That, But then there's also a particular like kind of spark he has in his eye that indicates to women that he would actually be pretty wild in bed. (laughs) So this is my analysis of why people like Harrison Ford, because I don't actually find him. I'm not like into him like that. Mm -hmm. But I was like, why? Because I know women are. And like, my mom was like, basically would just like drool over him (laughs) in any movie.
0: I think that I was thinking in this movie, I'm like, he's really not that attractive, but... Then sometimes he was. I can see why people find him attractive. He was very physically fit. I wasn't expecting that. When he took his shirt off, I was like, oh my, Harrison. (laughs) You've been working out. (laughs) But then I think about like Indiana Jones, of course. I feel like he was pretty attractive then. That would probably be the height, I'd say. Mm -hmm. The hat and the shirt kind of unbuttoned and stuff, you know.
1: all the linen. And
0: the whip. (laughs)
1: Well, the whip. Yeah, that's a good point. 50% of it was just the whip.
0: Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but his personality definitely like um, made him more attractive in this movie, too. And that little bit of mayonnaise was like driving me bonkers. I was like, is this intentional? This is like perfectly placed. Did they want it there? Or was it just there? And they went with it? What do you think?
1: I couldn't tell. I feel like that would be something that they would put in place because this movie is extremely Mm detail-oriented. And I I feel like all of the things that are in the background are there on purpose. And it's just a deliberate film. And so I think that it was because it showed that he was still gonna go along with her because she was the mommy in this situation
0: but she didn't clean it off for him no she didn't that's what i was waiting for to see i was like is she gonna someone get rid of that that's one of the things that made me think like maybe it wasn't staged there Uh because if it was i thought they would have her clean it Uh off Uh and then i'm like maybe it's just there and they just left it and it ended up looking cute
1: For her, her decision to not be the mommy
0: uh-huh. is crucial to the
1: development of their relationship. Because imagine what would have happened if she had cleaned it off.
0: Man, you, there's so much revolving around this dab of mayonnaise. <laughs> she,
1: she would have lost her, her power in that situation.
0: Mm-hmm. Or would she have gained power by making him feel like a child being cleaned off on the street in front of a bunch of people?
1: See, I think that what happens is that later he realizes that he had that dab of mayonnaise <laughs> and he's like, oh my fucking God. And he spends the rest of the movie trying to prove to her that he isn't just a boy that can't eat a sandwich right. <laughs> But if she had cleaned it off, Mm -hmm. I feel like on some level it would have, like, emasculated him in a different way. And he would have been more likely to try to reassert his position Mm -hmm. as uh, being more knowledgeable or something.
0: I think we really stumbled onto something here. (laughs) I think we need to know if anyone knows. If there's a yeah. Hollywood insider that knows if it was an intentional dab of mayonnaise or not, please solve this mystery for us. Because it changes that if
1: it was deliberate or not, it changes the whole trajectory of the pill. It really does.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: Everything hinges on this dab of mayonnaise. It's so funny.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, and then so later we we're talking about like um, since we we're talking about appearances and mm-hmm. how they had to dress and all of that stuff it's so funny when they finally do seal the deal and they're like yes we're doing it and it's like all of this tension's been building between them and then the sexual tension the business tension all of this and finally it culminates and then they go back to his apartment to make a love and they stop at the door and they've got to take off like all these layers of clothes and they both have so many buttons. I know. It's like a prolonged undressing scene and it becomes comical. And then when he finally picks her up and carries her to the bed, they just pan over to this big giant pile of clothes on the ground. It's mm-hmm. like all the layers they shed to finally get to the point to be able to touch and see each other's bodies. <laughs> that was funny. Yeah. I- I'm glad you brought that
1: up. Also, she had the shirt that she was wearing, like the last layer before her her bra was practically see through. It was probably yeah. silk, but it still had shoulder pads.
0: I know, <laughs> staring at that shoulder pad, <laughs> like it just looked like she stuck a maxi pad on her shoulder or something under the sheer shirt. Like what's like, happening? I guess they knew it would be under a blazer, so it was okay. Yeah, <laughs> and you know the blazer had shoulder pads too, so <laughs> it's
1: like the more we can just stack up our shoulders.
0: Yeah, I'm a man too. Yes, mm-hmm. and with a guard belt underneath. Yeah. <laughs> right. Um. Quickly, before I forget, because mm-hmm. we were talking about the differences between the two men in her life, mm-hmm. and. When we see Mick, he's like often shirtless, wearing hardly anything. And Jack is always in all these layers. But mm-hmm. when you see Mick laying on the bed, um, there's a stuffed animal next to him. That's a wolf in sheep's clothing. <laughs> okay, come oh on. That's like a little too spot on, but I guess it's funny. But it's like, who has that stuffed animal? She's an adult. Nothing against having a stuffed animal, but like, isn't it bizarre looking? It's huge and it's he just pro- laying on their bed.
1: He probably gave it to her
0: as a present. Oh, probably.
1: It's one of those times when people that are like that tell you who they are.
0: Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm.
1: But they think they're telling you the opposite. So he thought, oh, I'm giving her a gift. Because I got that discount in the the dressing room of the lingerie shop. Catherine gets back after her leg is no longer totally broke. And she's recovered a little bit. And so then we realize that Jack is this boyfriend that stood her up on the ski trip. Mm Mm-hmm
0: what are the odds
1: i couldn't see that one coming
0: <laughs> but he was gonna break up with her yeah. I do you believe him
1: but he's like one of those people that can't like break up with somebody he just like kind of hems and haws around it because he doesn't want to hurt her feelings
0: Hmm. yeah so he let her on so he told her like She was thinking he was going to propose because he said, I have something important I want to talk to you about. And it's like, that always happens in movies and TV, doesn't it? Or it's like, oh, he's got something important to talk to me about. it's like, has anyone ever actually done that, prefaced it that way, and then shown up and proposed?
1: Right. I mean, that
0: doesn't happen. No. Or done that and broken up with them. I don't think people, like, give a big preamble. They just do it, you know? Mm Mm-hmm. I guess it's just necessary for movie plots, but yeah, so she had the total wrong idea. He was going to break up with her, blah, 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 blah. (laughs) I do believe that. So yeah, then Tess finds out like, oh, God. And at that point, when Jack tells her, he doesn't know that Tess is Catherine's secretary, but he knows that they work together in the same building. When Catherine finally does come back into town, then, of course, Tess has to take care of her. And she's like, I'm going to need help with bathing and dressing. And it's like, <laughs> I am an assistant, not a nurse. Like, what are you yeah, doing, I Tess? Know. And she's like getting ready for Jack to come see her. She's getting all like dolled up and laying in bed. And um, she asked Tess to go get her medication for her. And Tess is like, I really got to go because she doesn't want to run into Jack. Because at that point, he still doesn't know yet, right? No. Okay.
1: He doesn't know. And she's like, well, I think the reason that Catherine is having Tess be her nurse is because that means Catherine's not paying for Tess her office is paying for tests like
2: mm-hmm. the
1: company she works for is paying for tests so Catherine's getting free home services <laughs> through mm-hmm. the office she's getting herself ready to see jack because she's like oh he's gonna propose now she like has so much perfume on and then she's like TikTok tock by biological clock let's merge <laughs>
2: yeah and
1: as i was watching this with isaac and Isaac exclaimed in disgust, Oh God.
0: Yeah, it's very cringy. <laughs> oh my God. No, it's gross. It's like has any woman ever actually said that to a man? And if she has, was she really expecting that to like lure him in? I know. It's like my biological clock is ticking. I need some sperm inside me. Let's just make it yours. Let's get this show on the road.
1: Yeah. I'm 30 now, or I'm mm-hmm. almost 30. We got to get this one before I get to be 30. Well, and also she probably went to all girls boarding school, but she's very full of herself. So she thinks that like, she knows how to like, lure the men. Oh, yeah. The stuff it's a, she Catherine has a has a false arrogance. And as the movie progresses, and she becomes more and more desperate. It's like she's realizing that her Charms are not working the way they were at first. Tess wins everybody over and gets her job back or gets a promotion um, at the end of the movie. It's like she does it in a sweatshirt. (laughs) Granted, the sweatshirt has shoulder pads in it. (laughs) But (laughs) Mm -hmm. it's like it doesn't matter Because she's being authentic with this guy, Trask, who they were, like, doing this deal with. And she's being authentic with him. And he's like, how did you get this idea for me to buy up these radio stations? She explains it. And it, like, is a real thing that is, like, how an idea happens. Like, if you can break down an idea, it's how people get ideas. They they connect things that seem like they aren't connected and he's like yeah that's legit that's how you get an idea (laughs) and Mm -hmm. then he goes to Catherine and he's like how did you get this idea and she's like oh I have to look at my files and it's like (laughs) implying I have so many ideas I couldn't possibly keep track of them all (laughs) and then he's like okay we know who the real bullshitter is here she has to have these demonstrations that she performs in public for people so that they'll like her and think that she's the best of everything. And then in private, when she's with Tess, she treats her terribly. And she lies to her and tells her, I'm on your side. We're in this together. Meanwhile, she's just going totally behind her back. But I was like oh that's really interesting because that's like she's performing for everybody. Mm -hmm. It's always just a performance and that's why she can't read like she can't even read she's not good at reading social cues and it just becomes more and more awkward. The more her facade cracks And I feel like that's a really authentic portrayal of, like, people that I've known that have those kinds of personalities where they think that, like, they have, like, an egomania.
0: Are you talking about me?
1: Yeah. (laughs) Tonight on Cover Your Eyes, we find out the truth.
0: (laughs) (laughs) We're attacking each other tonight. It got uncomfortable
1: it's like embarrassing like to where i actually felt pity for Mm -hmm. Catherine. yeah because i'm like she's going to blame tess forever for this fiasco and won't see that she is the one that was operating from a place of selfishness and betrayal she's gonna feel betrayed because otherwise she would have to feel shame because she would have to acknowledge that somebody beat her and that she wasn't the best in this case and if she's Mm -hmm. not the best her whole personality crumbles and it's like she will evaporate into nothing and have like an existential crisis that she can't come back from or at least that's what it would feel like
0: yeah i think you're right
1: (laughs) (laughs) i want to see a movie it would be like a um you know those movies they do where it's like a Frankenstein's monster versus Dracula, or whatever kind of thing. I want to see like a um, Catherine Parker versus Gordon (laughs) Gecko.
0: That'd be great.
1: The sweatshirt with shoulder pads. Did you ever have? I can't remember. I. Do you remember what's your um, history with shoulder pads?
0: I definitely had some. I feel like um, around sixth grade was the height hide- of shoulder pad action because there was also around like hammer pant time. And there was that one certain line. It was like Forenza or something. They used to sell yeah. it at like Fashion Gal or the Limited. And I remember I had this outfit. It was amazing. It was the top and the pant matching like florally pattern. Yeah. I had like a mock turtleneck top and then tucked (laughs) into like the hammer style pants that were like this flowy material and the shirt had like just enough shoulder pad do you have any pictures in it of you Uh, somewhere i'll have to find it (laughs) it was amazing i felt like a work of art walking through school (laughs) 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 but yeah i think that was probably the shoulder pad time
1: I, know, I know that I had some sweatshirts that came with shoulder pads mm-hmm. <laughs> that I removed mm. because I thought, why would I want something to make me look bulkier? And the same with hammer pants. I never had hammer pants.
0: Oh, my God. You didn't? No. Wow. What did you wear?
1: <laughs> I just wore jeans.
0: Oh, my God.
1: How would you escape? Well, I didn't like them. I loved them. But you you looked good in them, though. I would have just looked like a parachute. Good opened. In- <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it wasn't a matter of liking hammer pants or disliking them. It was more a matter of, like, knowing that I would not look good in them.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Mine were, like. The good kind. The classy hammer pants. Yeah. I remember they got into somewhere where it was like workout pants kind of things for guys. Joey the-
1: Buttafuoco pants.
0: Yeah. It was nothing like that. Oh, uh, those are gross.
1: Those are like the bastard child of hammer pants.
0: Yeah, it was like a sweatpants version of hammer pants or something. It was just... uh Good times.
1: That was like the white belted man of the 90s <laughs> Joey Budafuco pants. White belts? Okay, like my mom used to have a joke about like, which I, a lot of people do, about like avoiding men who wear white belts and white shoes, like leather patent shoes and belt. Like in mm. the 70s, like with the leisure suit mm, and like, you know, that. a big gold chain and that like particular type of kind of sleazy kind of thing going on.
0: That's that like reminds me of cousin Eddie from Yes. National Lampoons. Exactly. Mm-hmm. That's
1: that's exactly what that embodied <laughs> to me of like mm-hmm. what I was taught about the kind of guy that would wear a white belt. Okay. So I feel like, but that's like the 70s version of that. And I feel like mm-hmm. the Joey Botafugo pant is like the 90s version. It's just like, if you see a guy with those on, like, go the other way. <laughs> I agree. I agree. Because they're going to try to turn you into a sex worker and you're not getting any of that money.
0: <laughs> Nothing good is coming from those pants. No. <laughs> <laughs> just one more thing about clothing so since Mm -hmm. you mentioned like the white belt and white shoes at when sin finally gets married all the groomsmen are wearing like dumb and dumber tuxedos Mm -hmm. like the blue with the ruffles and it's like 1988 that shouldn't have still been happening even in staten island
2: uh, you
1: know what i think happened is that they were all wearing the suits that they got when they were kids
0: oh like for prom yeah yeah Hmm. I can see that. Yeah.
1: Or mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. they're wearing their dad's wedding suits <laughs> that have been passed down.
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean, I like it. You have to respect oh, yeah. that suit. It's Hell, yeah. like, it's iconic. It's like the Carrie. It's like what he wore in prom and Carrie, yeah. right? Oh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So yeah. it should have I guess maybe that would be maybe like 10, 15 years later. So maybe it would still be. Some people would have still been wearing that. I don't know. I feel like that was a stretch in 1988. Uh, Yeah, I I felt like
1: it kind of showed where how the Staten Island was behind is behind the times.
0: Yeah, but like extreme. Um, Let's see. Did you have a favorite quote?
1: I always like it when I hear that little slut. <laughs> Which is what Catherine said about Tess.
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. I liked it when <laughs> she was getting ready to go like to the thing to meet Jack Trainer at the like party mm-hmm. for the first time. And so she was wearing that six thousand dollar dress and she was trying to look very businesslike. And so she finally asked Sin to like cut her giant frizzy hair off. Instant was like, "Are you sure about this?" And then she's like, "If you want to be taken seriously, you have to have serious hair." (laughs) I thought that was cute. Nice.
1: Yeah. Um. I think, I think my favorite quote is, "Whenever Catherine tells Tess, today's junior prick, tomorrow's senior partner."
0: Oh yeah, I wrote that down. That's good. (laughs) (laughs) It's true. But
1: also the one that I said earlier when Catherine's like, I've indicated I'm receptive to the offer. (laughs) Mm -hmm. After all. I've cleared
0: my schedule for June. (laughs) Yeah.
1: But not because I, I mean, that's awful, but you know, it's like totally just sums up a character. Yeah. One statement, which is beautiful when a movie can do that so well.
0: Let's see anything else?
1: I think I'm good. I mean, they played the song Lady in Red.
0: I know. I was just looking at that. Thought, <laughs> <laughs> Whenever they're having the engagement party and then like she is talking to Mick and he's trying to get her back. And then that song comes on. Mm-hmm. Oh. Yes.
1: And he asked for her hand in marriage. I
0: know. How did we not talk about this?
1: Like. I knew there was something
0: big that we were forgetting. Mm -hmm.
1: It's like, what are you doing?
0: Yeah. So it's like right after she caught him cheating, they're broken up. She comes in looking all corporate. She's moving on with her life and he gets a boat loan. He's always talking about a boat loan. I don't know what he's doing with this boat, Uh, Mm
1: -hmm.
0: a fishing boat. I don't even know. I don't really say
1: maybe, or maybe he's got a private ferry
0: something. And then, uh, yeah so they're like watching their friends unwrap gifts so Sin unwraps the garter belt that he got her of course and then they're like then Sin's fiance is like when's it gonna be your turn yeah and it's like he Ugh. just gets egged on by the crowd to propose to her and it's like this is so wrong mm mm-hmm. it, like cool. so, it was
1: just like so it's like in that community it's completely acceptable that the guy just like fucks other women in the bed you share with him, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. which is like, I mean, really, I could potentially, given the right circumstances, forgive somebody who is cheating. Mm-hmm. But when you fuck somebody else in our bed, that's absolutely not <laughs> Get oh, the okay. away for me forever. That is a line. Oh I feel like is just beyond. yeah, that's a power move. That's I'm in control, and I'm going to exert my control by spreading my seed to other women Ew. in the bed we
2: share.
0: I feel like for Mick, it was just like a lazy convenience move, though, because he would do it like while she was at her right. class. It was so funny. And then she walks in and she catches him with the woman on top of him. And he was Mm -hmm. like, no class. Because she usually Mm -hmm. would be at class that time. That's Mm -hmm. why she got busted. He got busted. And then she's like, no class. Like saying that he has no class. But
1: (laughs) right. But Sarah. (laughs) This is why it's not good to go to school. (laughs) Because then you're. This is what happens when you don't pay attention to your man 24 hours a day.
0: Oh, my God. Again. Holly, you're right. <laughs> this happens all the time. I can't believe I didn't pick up on that. <laughs> this is a like ongoing theme. Yeah. In so many movies that we've done. <laughs> and it's here again.
1: 24-hour attention on your man god because he's got every right if you are not there
0: if the sun's down and you're not home someone's gonna get it Mm -hmm. you know he's got to have sex with someone and you're not there
1: i mean you got the makings of a country song right there
0: (laughs) jeez yeah yeah so all that happened and yeah. then he gets angry at her. Mm-hmm. She says, maybe. He's like, will you marry me? Mm-hmm. And then she says, maybe. And he was like, that's an answer. And she's like, if you want a different answer, ask a different girl. And then the next thing mm-hmm. you know, it's them outside. And he's just yelling at her like, you humiliated me. Mm-hmm. And it's like, dude, what did you expect? I You're know. lucky that she just said maybe. That's when I was afraid he was going to hit her. Like, But it all worked out in the end and he ended up being with the woman that he was mm-hmm. cheating with and she caught the bouquet so mm. they're gonna get married she'll be his next victim
1: i know i was like oh man i wish she'd get away from him too <laughs> she works
0: on the boat with him too so she yeah. she got reeled in
1: no mm. oh. <laughs> <laughs> you're full of them I tonight It's so <laughs> yeah. great
0: oh, yeah um yeah. boo, boop, boop let's see i don't know So when they're crashing that wedding, it's like the tackiest wedding I've ever seen (sighs) in my life. Tess goes into the bathroom because she's trying to like avoid direct questions about who the hell are you and why are you here? And then Jack follows her in and he goes in to use the stall and then the bride comes in and they have this whole discussion. And when he comes out, he leaves the stall and he doesn't wash his hands. (laughs) After using the bathroom, and he touches the bride's dress, and then he's like, It's really beautiful wedding, the best. And then he takes his (sighs) finger and puts it in his mouth and does this like pop thing. And I'm (sighs) like, You just didn't wash your hands, and you put your finger in your mouth. That's disgusting. (laughs) That's it. (laughs) That's nasty. But no one said anything. (laughs)
1: Andy can't get the mayonnaise off his face. I
0: mean, this guy—he's
1: basically a child.
0: He's a child <laughs> in a man's body.
1: No, he's pretty. He's a pretty good character. No, he's good. He's, I, I like him. Stand-up guy.
0: He is when he's trying to make a lunch date with her, and he's on the phone, and he's real busy, and he just gives himself like a quick armpit shower in his office, and he's changing shirts. And his windows open, and then you can see like the secretary right. pool behind him, and they were watching him change shirts. Yeah. And then he turns around and realizes they're all looking and they start clapping for him and he's like, Oh, thank you.
1: <laughs> oh, at the end of the movie, mm-hmm. Jack, it's like clear Jack and Tess are living together.
0: Yes. And
1: it's her Aww. it's her day, it's her first big day at our new job. And he packs her lunch and shows her what he put in her lunch box. And it is so sweet to me.
0: It's so cute. (laughs) It's so cute.
1: He's like, I support you 100%. -hmm.
0: It's making me get like teary eyed Mm -hmm. because it's so refreshing.
1: Yeah, it is. He
0: makes like her own lunch box with her initials on it. (laughs) And he gives her, like, milk money. <laughs>
2: so adorable.
0: And an apple for the teacher, mm-hmm. he says, and some other stuff. And so cute. And he's, like, making her breakfast.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: They're getting ready together. Thanks for bringing that up. I forgot about it. And it was really <laughs> sweet. Have you ever had someone steal your idea at work and try mm-hmm. to take credit for it? Um, yeah, at work or school or any kind of project mm-hmm. that you've been working on. And then they try to get ahead and um, it's not fair. And if yeah. that happened, like, what happened? Did you catch them? Were you able to out them? Did they end up getting in trouble and you ended up getting the credit? Was it a friend? Did mm. you ever forgive them?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: What happened? If yeah. that's ever happened to you, tell us about it at Cover Eyes Podcast at gmail.com. And now, yes. Holly, come up with a different question. That's question. <laughs>
1: I was just wondering if you've ever crashed a wedding and what happened. That's fun.
0: That's a more fun question. <laughs> well, I like both, you know. <laughs> this is I our w- new pattern. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, have you ever crashed a wedding?
1: <gasps> yeah, I asked like the airhead question.
0: No, it's good. Have <laughs> you ever crashed a wedding?
1: No. I've avoided going to weddings that I was <laughs> invited to though. It's like a reversal of that. <laughs>
0: Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. No
1: offense, people. I
0: just if you're listening, it's not yours that she's talking about. No. It was absolutely. the other person's.
1: No. If it was your wedding, I missed it. I had a really good reason for it. That was totally <laughs> valid.
0: <laughs> nice. Um, okay. Let's end it there. Awesome. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed it. We enjoyed making it. Definitely. I did. It was a great time. I have a great time time. doing this. Me too. um, Yeah. So I just want to reiterate on the last one. Mention that if you enjoy the podcast and you want to give us a good review like, if you were going to anyway, mm-hmm. then I have an extra incentive for you <laughs> Um that I have the romance novels from my grandma still to give away. If you give us a five star review, um let us know and I'll send you a B.J. Daniels Western themed romance novel straight from my grandma's bookshelf.
1: It'll be glorious.
0: I mean, who wouldn't want it? The covers look good, i got to say. I've never yeah. read them. I didn't open them. Because I don't want to know what my grandma's been reading <laughs> in that regard. <laughs> and that's why I want to share them with other people. Because right. I don't have the heart to give them back to her, but I just do not want to look inside. <laughs> so, yeah. If you do that, I'll give you a book if you want it. Um, And also... If you like it, tell your friends, subscribe, visit us on Patreon, and patronize us if you want to. Mm -hmm. We appreciate it. There's extra stuff on there. Holly's always churning out new gems.
1: It's pretty fun. Mm -hmm. We got some secrets revealed Mm -hmm. on the next edition of Eyes and Ears. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Our Sweet Valley High Patreon special.
0: Mm Mm-hmm looking forward to it
1: (laughs) i hope you enjoy it as much as we do
0: me too (laughs) because that's a lot okay um see you next tuesday thank you bye thank you bye
2: (laughs) thank you for listening to career's podcast